Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenashe. I'm your conduit, your catalyst, and your coach to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A conduit sparks change and makes connections, as well as a catalyst is someone who just tries to get things going, tries to get things started. So today I am joined by Martine Felton. So say hi to the people. Hello, everyone. And we're going to be talking about addressing your assumptions. You know, um, Zenergy is about fuel for your mind, body, and soul. And I started this during COVID because, as we all know, COVID interrupted everybody's life Mm -hmm. and sent a lot of us on a journey of self-discovery, trying to figure out how we were going to cope. Yes, for sure. Yes. And a lot of us had to address our assumptions. Even companies had to address their assumptions, like the assumption that you have to physically be on site to do your job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that was an assumption that we have all learned is not true in 80% of the cases or maybe more. Or yes. who is really essential? Who do we really need mm-hmm. this economy run? We assumed that it was the CEOs, it was the executives, and we learned that mm-hmm. oh, not exactly. Not so much, yeah. Right. So even my company um, has now gone, they're considering going remote um, 100% because our productivity has been better than when we were in the office every day. Believe that. Believe that. Wow. Yeah. So we are sometimes raised and we are trained culturally, societally, that certain things are the case. Certain Mm -hmm. things are the rule. And then we learn, uh, no, not so much. You know, and so, you know, as a a black woman, I know that I was raised with certain uh, ingrained beliefs. I was talking to a friend of mine about this. You know, when I was raised, it was, okay, you're supposed to grow up. You're supposed to have a family. And that's yep. supposed to be focus. And you're going to get all this fulfillment and joy out of being a wife and a mother. And if you do that well, hey, your life is gravy. And then I grew up, went to college, got married, had kids threw myself into motherhood and found out this is not exactly as fulfilling as I thought. Marriage isn't exactly as fulfilling as I thought. And then I had to address that assumption. You know, when I got divorced, I felt like a failure. I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I I didn't complete in a sense my life's mission to stay married to this man and to have this family forever. And I would have been extremely miserable had I considered you know, that to be a failure for my whole life and and not gotten out of that assumption and not chose to reframe who I was, my identity, um, and go on a different path and say, okay, my identity can be my life's purpose. What would it, what was I sent here to do? And and just be about marriage and motherhood. Cause in a sense, my kids are grown, you know what I'm saying? So you don't need me to mother them in the same way. That wasn't your life's mission. Right. Yeah. But, you know, some of us are trained, you know, politically to have certain assumptions, religiously, societally. Um, And, you know, one thing that I found very freeing is to examine those beliefs, you know, examine those things that we have always assumed to be true 
and to say, is this really true for me? Is it really true in 2021? Is it really true for where I am at this point in my life? Maybe it was true 20 years ago or 50 years ago or hundred years ago, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe times have changed. Maybe I'm different. Maybe I need to look at things differently. And, you know, for myself, I found a lot of peace when I could say, my life is different than I expected, but that's okay. And it doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I'm, um, that I don't have purpose. I have a, I have a different purpose than what I was expecting to have. And when I kind of went on that journey, so many doors opened up to me and my life just became a richer adventure. It really became an adventure because everything wasn't already set in stone. Mm -hmm. You know, everything was unfolding um, with my life and, and the choices that I was making were creating the life of my dreams. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's something that I'm encouraging other people to do through this episode is to think about, you know, what have people, what have you assumed to be your role, your purpose? You know, what were you told? And then have you really examined those beliefs? Have you really um, dissected them and said, Hey, does this work for me? Does this fit me? Is this true for me? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, part of my personal development package is kind of about that, asking those deep questions, those purposeful questions of yourself. Yeah. You said uh, when we were talking previously to this, that you'd like this topic. So what, what made you like kind of like the topic? Because I really felt like it was really, really relevant and really important to address those assumptions and you know, sort of those limitations that, you know, we set on ourselves and that, you know, were, we grew up with or was kind of ingrained in our heads from teachers, parents, uh, past relationships, friends. So I really feel like it's, it's an important topic. Like for me, I grew up in a, you know, in a Haitian family and, you know, it was always assumed that, you know, you grow up, you go to college, you get your education. And, you know, um, my parents were like, oh, you need to become like a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer. And, and so that's what I, you know, assumed was my path. You know, I went to John Jay College and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to law school after that and, you know, make my parents proud. But of course, that's not what I really wanted. And that didn't happen. You know what I mean? So I decided to, well, not at that time, but years later, uh, you know, decided to follow my own path and, you know, step, step into my own power and find, and, and find my own path and follow my soul's calling. And that was writing that's, you know, communications. I, I did go back to school eventually and got my degree in communications. And I always wanted to be a writer. So I did that. I wrote a novel and a couple of years back in 2013. And then um, most recently I have, I wrote a teaching memoir uh, about my self-love journey um, in past toxic relationships and the lessons that I've learned from those relationships. And 
I talk about what I could have done differently to maybe avoid that toxic situation and how I wasn't honoring myself and that journey towards honoring myself and loving myself. So yeah, addressing your assumptions is really, I think, really key in personal development. I like a lot of things that you said there because you said Mm -hmm. that when you don't address those assumptions, you're putting limitations on yourself. And I agree with that completely because if your assumption is, you know, I remember when um, I was growing up, I went to private school for a period of time. And when I left there and went to public school, some of the things that people were saying was, Ooh, why you talk like a white girl? You know? So the assumption. Always talk about that. Right. That black people can't enunciate Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. words properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we have to step out of that and say, Hey, no, 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 no. Black people can speak as well as anyone else we yeah. don't have to speak why is it white voice. why is it considered white to when you're speaking well yes why is that, you know what i mean right so you know that that running into that um assumption that i'm trying to be something better than i'm i am or i'm trying to put on airs um mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that one day we will get away from that and that there won't be these limitations, these boxes for what, you know, a, wo- a woman has to be whatever. A, a man has to be whatever in terms of a woman doesn't just have to be a homemaker or a wife or a mother. A woman can be a business owner. A woman can be president. A woman can be vice president. And when she, you know, when she gets into that role, people don't have to say, oh, is she going to be emotional? Is she going to be able to make good decisions? All of these assumptions, I mean, really, let's move beyond that because we need to see that people are people. Right. And people have strengths and people have weaknesses. And, you know, being a woman doesn't mean that you're too emotional to be president. And being right. a man doesn't mean that you're not emotional because we've seen some very moody men, you know, yes. we one in <laughs> office not too long ago. So. Right. I, I hope that as people look at the world, they examine their beliefs. But scientists say that a lot of people don't because they filter their experiences through their beliefs and yes. they just miss the things that don't line up with their beliefs as, you know, a fluke or, oh, I just must have misunderstood that or I miss, you know, I must be wrong about that. That couldn't have really happened that way. Um, and I think that one thing that COVID has done, um, not just COVID, but situations like George Floyd and, and other things, mm-hmm. is some people have had to really face up to the fact that the world is not what they thought it was. Yes. So, and when we have these very tumultuous situations where, where we see things that are so unexpected and so out of our comfort zone and we say, that really happened. I need to deal with the fact that my worldview says this happens and that mm-hmm. happens. So right. now I need to incorporate that into my worldview and say, okay, let me, let me expand my worldview mm-hmm. to understand that, you know, there are companies who put profits above people, even though I was raised that no, 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 they don't do that. They really care about us. Mm-hmm. But I see, mm, no, no, no. Um, or, there are police officers that really can put their hands in their pockets and take someone's takes a man's life and not care at all. And mm-hmm. I would say that no, we're post-racial. 
and there's mm -hmm. no racism now. You know, so hopefully people are looking at the real world and and seeing that they have to adapt their worldview to deal with reality and expand it. And, and also on the other end of some people were raised that there's nothing you can do about things. You just have to accept them. And that's not true either. No. You know, we've seen it's so not. many people get mobilized and speak out, whether it's through a protest, a boycott, a petition, you know, running for office, writing a blog, posting something on Facebook, trying to get people to join with them. You know, so we don't have to either have the victim mentality or the let me hide my head in the sand mentality mm -hmm. and actually examine our beliefs, change our worldview and become empowered through that. You know, um, sometimes people are scared to look at reality and scared to examine their beliefs because they're so, well, if I don't have this, what do I have? You know, if I let this go, this is my identity. Oh my God. What, you know, what, what, what will I be? Who will I be? And I was even that person for a while. You know, I was scared. Like when I was married, mm -hmm. I, become, I wrote this article called those women. Right. I was scared of being mm -hmm. one of those women, one of those women who couldn't keep a man, one of those mm -hmm. with divorce, one of those women who mm -hmm. has been cheated on her. One of those women who was abused you know, one of those women who maybe ignored some red flags and now everybody was going to be saying, well, she must just not have good taste in men. I didn't want to be one of those women. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to hide in my little I'm still married. We're going to put on the happy face and we're going to pretend everything's all right just because it's going to look good on the outside. You know, yes. but meanwhile, crumbling, it, it really is crumbling. I didn't want to give up that identity. And then there came a time when I had to say, OK. Either I'm going to live my life in truth and I'm going to live the best life I can, or I'm going to live a lie because of what I'm scared people are going to think, which I can't control what they think anyway. Mm -hmm. They're going to think what they want to think anyway. And I had to give up that identity. And I had to say, if I'm one of those women, I'm one of those women. I'm at so peace. Be so be it. I'm yeah. going to, that's one of those women that I could be, you know? <laughs> And, but and, what, you, what you were yeah. talking about before, um, um, about the assumptions and like the global, I feel like it It was since the past year um, in 2020, you know, when the pandemic hit and even prior to that, there has been a global awakening. So people are seeing you know, we had to shelter in place. You know what I mean? Everybody was awakening. Everybody was seeing the government for what they really are. Everybody was seeing certain things in their lives, certain people in their lives for who they really are. And it was like an awakening on so many levels for all of us. Um, the protests, um, all the young people that were marching, um, my daughter included, going out to protest. At first, I was fearful. I was like, I'm happy that she feels like she wants to participate and do something. But I, at the same time, you know, looking at the news and seeing how the police were treating protesters, I was scared 
for her to go out. But I was proud at the same time. I'm like, yeah, that would, you know, that's good. And I felt like her generation, they were a really awakening to what was really going on while people my age in their 40s and their 50s, even though, you know, our kids were going out protesting, we were like, we have gone through this so many times before, <laughs> you know, and we, and I was like, man, I'm not going to protest, but I'm with you. I'm with you in spirit, <laughs> you know, but I'm just not, I can't go out there. I've seen this too many times. I already know how, you know, the story's going to end, but I felt like that whole time and up until now has just been a global awakening of people thinking that the world is one way and it really wasn't. And then hence, you know, those assumptions that we're raised with. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of people thinking that and, and generational differences, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have these different backgrounds and, and some people want to say, oh, I wish, I wish for the days when, you know, it was better then. Um, we've always had issues. We've, issues change, issues reoccur, you know, life, they say nothing new is under the sun, you know, so my grandparents marched, my parents marched, I marched, I, you know, my kids, it's, it's, it's a cyclical thing where we're trying to get justice and we're always trying to push the envelope further. And then we're seeing again, those, those blinders fall off of people's eyes and them have to deal with reality. And then some people, the blinders fall and they raise them back up real fast, you know, mm -hmm, they don't mm -hmm. want to deal with reality um, and they want to deny, you know, what they see, right. What they feel what they hear. You know, I'm reading a book right now called the power of now, which is a very interesting book. And he's talking about how people, um, people live their lives in the past. Yes. People live their lives always hoping for the future, but they try to avoid the now because the now is when there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of angst mm -hmm. and people identify with that. You know, another thing that he was saying is that sometimes you assume you are what has happened to you. You assume that you are just because let's say I'm angry right now. Well, you know, you know, I'm an angry person. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling that I have that can pass. And he was saying that uh, in the book, he was saying we have to stop identifying with what has happened to us. We have to stop identifying with our feelings and our thoughts because those are transient. And sometimes people would define themselves by that and say, or other people will, you know, like you might be growing up and your, your mom says, you just like your daddy, you, you so mad all the time. And then you yes. take on, I'm an angry person. Yes. You so take really that you're in. not, you're assuming that you are because somebody told you you were, and then you begin to embody that mm -hmm. you begin to act like an angry person. Mm -hmm. so he was saying that what you need to do is when you have those emotions, separate yourself from them and, and become what he calls the watcher. Okay. I, I I'm watching myself having this feeling. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you separate yourself from that and you're like, okay, I'm feeling this mm -hmm. anger. I'm angry because of this. It's going to pass. It's, it's going to come down because what you're not doing is you're not fueling it anymore. Mm -hmm. you're, you're giving it space to be there. You're not denying it. 
you're giving a space to be there, but you're also realizing that it's just temporary. Yes, it is. You don't have to hold on to it as part of you and make it part of you. And he was saying that sometimes people get trapped in those things and they create what he calls an ego mm -hmm. that has a story. And that story becomes yeah, when they didn't have to get trapped in that story, they could have just let that emotion go through them and moved on about their day. You know, another um, I read that book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. I and another I don't know if you read his other book, The New Earth. It's really good. I would highly, highly recommend that because it's kind of like an extension of the power of now. Um, and he goes on talking about the ego and he really, really breaks down the ego and the pain by calling it um our triggers, um, what we call triggers, he was calling it the pain body, because when people are triggered by trauma, their pain body, it's not them anymore. It's what he calls the pain body. It's their pain that um, shows up when they're triggered by their trauma. So it's, I would highly recommend The New Earth by that same author as well. I'm going to have to read that because, you know, I, I was in this situation a couple of years ago where someone said something that triggered me. Now I've been known as Zen for 25 years and, and, mm -hmm. and people are like, nothing ever gets to you. You're just so peaceful. You're so calm. You're so, well, this person said something that triggered me and I lost it. I cursed them out. I don't even curse people. And then when I read this book, cause I was shocked myself. I was like, Ooh, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And and when I read what I'm reading, the book, The Power of Now, and he was talking about how we get triggered and we then this ego takes over. Yeah. And the ego wants to be right and wants to defend itself and wants to attack. And that's actually what happened to me in that moment, you know, when my ego rose up and I was so offended. You had the audacity to say this to me and wow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and it really wasn't me in a sense. It was all of my emotions, all of the past history with this person, all combining at one moment to explode and attack. Yeah. And but our egos, our egos are designed to essentially, our egos aren't, I don't, I used to, another thing, thing of um, an, another assumption that I used to have was that the ego was a bad thing. I don't see as I've gone through my personal development and going uh, going through a lot of inner work and doing um, a lot of spiritual work as well. The ego is not completely bad because it's really designed to protect you. Yeah, your ego is only trying to protect you, even though it may represent um, traumas or triggers or you getting angry or snapping at someone. All you were trying to do in that moment was protect yourself. And that's what the ego is designed to do. Just like if I were walking down the street and I saw someone who I felt was an undesirable, like someone who looked unsafe, and I would pass judgment on that person and be like, hmm, maybe I should cross the street or should I cross, you know what I mean? Or something, if they looked shifty, that's my ego coming up trying to protect me. You know what I mean? Giving you that little nudge, that little gut instinct, but 
In the same way it tries to protect you in a dangerous situation, it'll try to protect you in other situations too, where, where um, for instance, if there is something changing, you have an, a life-changing event that you're being resistant towards and you don't want to change, your ego is... You're in is battling inside. You're like, I don't like people who don't like change battle with their ego all the time because they don't want to deal with change. You know what I mean? So I feel the ego represents itself in many different ways in our lives. Yeah, you're, you're right. And it, it is there to protect us. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, the thing about assumptions is they do provide a comfort zone. You know, we are born into this world. And we don't know how to navigate this world. So we look to our parents, our teachers, older people to tell us how to navigate this world. And they give us this worldview. And then we accept it as children. We don't have really the ability to reason it out. And so we accept it, you know, and many of us never challenge any of those beliefs that are told to us. But then some of us grow up and we're like, hmm. It doesn't seem to me that Christopher Columbus discovered America. You know, it seems to me that America was already here and he, you know, he didn't <laughs> discover anything. And so we, we begin to challenge those things. And sometimes society begins to challenge those things. But then the thing that I have learned is with every birth, there is a death. So mm -hmm. when you when you die to the idea that Christopher Columbus is an explorer, the new idea of him being an exploiter can be born. Okay. Yes. Yes. But you have to be willing to let that other idea go. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of times people don't, as you were saying, don't want to change because they don't want to let go. They don't want to, that is so familiar to them. Mm -hmm. and part of the world that they grew up in. It's part of the world that made them feel safe. It's part of the world that had meaning to them. This new nebulous blob over here doesn't have meaning yet. They're not sure what's out there. So they're not always willing to just take one step at a time and learn as they go. And, and um, you know, one, another thing that he said, either in that book or another book that I read is that you should hold your identity lightly. You should hold it rather than holding it like this, you know, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's so tight. Nothing can get in. Nothing can get out. It should be held with open hands so that as you learn new things, you can pull that in and you can yeah. let go of something. You can pull so that be in. Fluid, right? You can be very fluid. Yeah. And that's how you end up like being able to grow. You know, and I think about like the shark in the tank, you know, if you put a shark in a two foot tank, that shark will grow to be two feet. But if you put him in the ocean, he could grow to be 80 feet because mm -hmm. he's able to expand at will, you know, yeah. and us as human beings, if we hold ourselves, our identity so tightly, we are, as you said before, that limitation, we are limiting our growth and we're limiting our success. Um, I think about a lot of the companies that went out of business, like you have Blockbuster, for example. Mm -hmm. Their assumption was people are always going to be watching movies on CDs. Always. DVDs. They're always going to be What was it? VHS? Yeah, VHS and, and, the, and the DVDs. And the whole idea of streaming, they're like, oh, that's a fluke. I mean, a few people will do that. Okay, that's fine. We, we're not worried about those few customers. They didn't realize that there was going to be 
you know, Netflix and everything else coming up. And now we can't find a blockbuster anywhere, you know, because they had an assumption that their business model was going to perpetually be viable and it was wrong. And same thing. with I think I've seen some red boxes though. You know, those (laughs) CVS, Walgreens outside, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which still amazes me that people still do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that, (coughs) excuse me, whether you're a business person, whether you're a mom, whether you're, you know, just an individual, life changes, society changes, and you'll either go along willingly or you're going to be forced at some point to deal with the changes. Um, And it's going to be difficult for you if you're not willing to let go of some of those assumptions and be open to new things. And, and I think for a lot of us, it's very difficult. I'm not saying that any of this is easy. It's, it's very difficult, but it is worth it to challenge those beliefs and to examine those beliefs and to just be open to new things and, and to growth and to new experiences, because sometimes new is better. Sometimes new is, is improved, you know, sometimes it is. And sometimes as you were saying, it's much more true to yourself. You know, um, I've, you know, I actually had people say after I got divorced, I look younger. Really? Yeah. And uh, they said, you know, your face, you look younger, like you just and and I realized that some of it was I had let a lot of weight go. All right. Mm -hmm. In terms well, I physically let some weight go, but I let a lot a lot of weight go because I had put myself in this box of having to meet certain expectations and do certain things and be a certain way. And when I let all that go and said, okay, I'm going back to the drawing board. What did I want to be when I was a kid? What did I want to do in my life? Where did I want to go? You know, um, if I'm going to remake myself as a woman, what do I want to include in this new woman? You know, if I'm going to remake myself as a friend, if I'm going to remake myself as a person, what do I want to include in that? And and I just got rid of a lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I kept what was essential, what really worked for me, what really resonated with me. And I, I got rid of all the other things because they really weren't, they were what I was told to do. They were what I was shown to do, but they really weren't right for me. You know, mm-hmm. so it was, and it, it was a long process and I am not done. I'm not I done. Like, I don't ever arrive. Like, it's, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I think um, when we get to a certain age, um, you know, when you start realizing you've lived your life and you start kind of looking around and saying, okay, my kids are good, you know, I'm married or not married or so what, what do I have? Like, what is for me? You know, what have I created for me? And because I'm the type of person, like, I need to self-expression. I need to express myself in some sort of way, whether it be writing, art, creativity, doing, you know what I mean? Or even doing my podcast. And um, so there has to be something for you. 
a little slice <laughs> of your, you know, your existence has to be exclusively for you. I definitely, I definitely believe that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you've written a couple of books and that even in writing those books, you were going against some of the expectations, you know, that, that your parents had of you, um, mm -hmm. a certain thing. And, you know, I think that assumptions and expectations go together a lot of times, you know, yeah. we expect things to be a certain way or people expect us to, to act a certain way because they assume certain things about us. And then we have to, you know, I think it was Maya Angelou said, what others think of me is none of my business. You know, I, I think she, I definitely think she did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to adopt that wholeheartedly. So I know that you, had, you have two books that you've written. Can mm -hmm. you tell us about those? And I also want to know about your podcast also. Um, my first book is called Life Interrupted. And I do have a copy here. Um, it's a novel. Um, it's fiction. Well, novel, yes. And I wrote this in 2013. It's about um, three people, total strangers, who kind of coincidentally kind of meet each other and their lives collide and, you know, then a lot of, well, there's, you know, sex, relationships, um, and they kind of, like I said, their lives collide. And so there's a lot of drama. It's kind of like a soap opera. So things go on and on and on to further connect themselves to each other. So, um, this one I'm working on a sequel, um, a follow-up to hopefully between now and next year, because we're already in June and I haven't started. <laughs> so um, my second book, You Love, You Learn, is here. And this recently came out in February of this year. And um, like I said, mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a teaching memoir. I go into... Um, some specific details about some toxic relationships that I had in the past and um, the lessons that I learned within those relationships, uh, what I could have done wrong. I have some affirmations in there and journal prompts just to help the reader, you know, do some inner work, you know, while they're reading and um, sort of to sort of relate to what I'm talking about. Okay, awesome. I like both of those covers. Um, I like the second cover, especially with all the, yeah. Butterflies. Uh, yeah, you know, butterflies. Butterflies are actually the symbol for my podcast. You know, it's the whole mm -hmm. butterfly effect, the idea that a small change can ripple out and can oh, change okay. everything. You know, because um, that's, that's literally where the idea of my podcast came from, that... Mm -hmm. Let's say one concept in one week could literally ripple out and change, you know, everything in your life, you know, and that's mm -hmm. a possibility. Right. Um, and you know, that's that's a whole nother thing with that the butterflies. You know, I love the butterflies all over her face, and and it, it resembles natural hair. You know, it resembles like mm -hmm. an that too. And you but know? it also butterflies for me um, 
represent transformation, you know, going from the cocoon out into, you know, fluttering into a butterfly and stuff like that. And what and what this book is really about is transformation and learning lessons and going through a journey. Well, you know, we're talking about assumptions and I love the butterfly as a symbol because if you look at a caterpillar and you assume that that's all it can ever be, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. All it takes is that caterpillar going into the cocoon. I say going into darkness, going into seclusion and going into surrender. Because when that caterpillar goes into the cocoon, it's completely encircled in darkness and it literally melts itself inside out and lets go of everything that it once was. And then when it comes out, it doesn't look like anything that it used to be. Right. And as a, a woman, I see myself in that caterpillar, you know, because when you go through, when you go through trauma, a lot of times, you know, um, and, and the book, The Power Now talks about this. And sometimes when people go through trauma, they want to wake up. <laughs> they want to <laughs> wake up out of their delusions and their, and their, you know, insecurities and their unconsciousness. And they want to really get in touch with who they are and what's real and mm-hmm. transform themselves, you know, and sometimes pain can be very transformative in terms of let me let go of all of the stuff from my past. Let me just let it all go. Let me create a whole new self and and surrender to what is actually inside me, because everything that that butterfly is was inside the caterpillar. It had to be released and Mm -hmm. it had to be released through a transformative process of seclusion Mm -hmm. and, and in a sense, inner work. Yeah. You know, so I know that when I look at my life now, you know, I was telling someone earlier today, six years ago when I got divorced, nobody could have ever told me I would have three businesses. I did not want to be an entrepreneur six years ago. (laughs) Nobody could have ever told me I would have a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was six years ago. You know, nobody would have ever told me I would be doing workshops. If I was doing a workshop six years ago, it would have been completely related to education in terms Mm -hmm. of teaching English. Uh, But to have created my own personal development package and now be teaching that is something that wasn't even the foggiest notion in my head. So I'm here. Yeah. You know, so when we let go of our assumptions of what our life should be, and that can be very painful because it, I, like I said, I went through a period where I felt like a failure. I felt like, what have I done? (laughs) You know, what have I done? I messed up my life. I messed up my kids' lives, you know? I should have chosen wiser. I should have done this. I should have done that. A lot of beating myself up. And then finally I had to say, you know what? Why am I doing this? Why can't I just accept what is? Number one, I don't have control over everything. I only have control over what I did. There was a whole nother person involved. My husband was involved. You know what I'm saying? I can't control that man. I can't control anybody but me. And and controlling me is a full-time job, you know? So having to just surrender, go into seclusion, go into prayer, meditation, journaling, you know, and through a process, come out and say, okay, let me take this step. Now let me take this next step. Now let me take this next step and then see where it goes. And, and don't 
don't feel that you have to know everything. Because I used to be that person like, I want to know what it's going to be like a year from now, two years from now. I want to have it planned out. But that's not life. Life is yes. ever evolving. And yes, it's ever surprises. evolving. <laughs> surprises. Yes. It's, and your path is, is your path. And I know that as moms, we kind of feel responsible. We are on, on a certain level responsible for our children and responsible for putting them on their paths. But at the end of the day, your path is yours. Theirs is theirs. So, and a lot of times we feel like when we make mistakes, we're, we feel like, oh, I've, I'm wasting time or I've gotten off of my path when actuality, no, you, you've, you're not off, you're never off your path. You're never off your path. Whatever was supposed to happen was supposed to happen for a reason that you're still on your path. Hmm. So what is the name of your podcast and, and what is it about? My podcast is titled Martine's Musings. And um, I just, I talk about different things um, from spir spirituality wise. I like to talk about, um, the other day I just had on an author, um, week before I had on an um, energy healer, um, EFT practitioner, a psychic medium, um, because I'm on my spiritual journey. And so I created that space to kind of document my journey and then bring on other people just to shine a light on their, what they do and how they help people. And, um, you know, just to put, um, you know, just to shine a light out into the world about what others do in terms of helping people on their spiritual path. So it's a lot of different, a lot of different um, people that I have on. Sometimes it's just me or I may have on a guest, but it's 90% about spirituality and, um, and some, you know, relationship stuff and, and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, on, it's on all podcasting platforms. Again, it's called Martine's Musings Podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Spirituality is a deep topic. You know, um, I was raised Catholic till I was probably 14. Was and was yeah, left the Catholic church, became non-denominational and then left the church altogether four years ago. And just, as you said, went on my spiritual journey. And, mm -hmm. you know, as, as you look at, again, your assumptions, you know, the assumption was when I was very young that all the answers to the world were found in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's the only place you needed to look, you know, the Bible and prayer. And, and just, if you didn't understand it, you didn't see it in there, well, then it must be God's mysterious ways, his wonders to perform, you know, who are you to question God, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then there came a point in time when I was like, I would really like things to make a little more sense to me than they do, <laughs> you know, spiritually mm -hmm. and, and uh, just, learning about, you know, the divine laws of the universe or the chakras or yeah. you know, chi or whatever it is, you know, just looking mm -hmm. at a lot of different belief systems and saying, hmm, 
Okay. That's interesting. You know, and just exploring different things and, and, and finding out, like I said, what, what really resonates with me. And, and then also seeing the similarity in so many things. When you look at spirituality, divine laws are divine laws, no matter where you find them. You know, the law of sowing and reaping is everywhere. Right. In every culture, it is everywhere. It's in the Bible. It's in every culture. Mm -hmm. You can't get away from that. The idea of karma, you know, again, is another version of the law of sowing and reaping, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's the law of attraction. You know, so the things that I was taught in the Bible, it's wonderful when they come back up and I see them in other places with other wording, uh, with other explanations that actually make what I was taught make a little more sense mm-hmm. than just a scripture without any context. You know, yes. so, I mean, it's, it's great when you can take as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, and read the whole book, The Secret, and figure out, you know, this is how that really works. You know what right. I'm saying? And but that, so, you know, but religion keeps you in that box. Mm, um, yeah. So when you talk about spirituality, for me, I was raised Catholic as well, and but I respect any and any belief system. All belief systems, I respect that. I respect Muslims. I respect Jews. I respect any. If you told me that you praise a pineapple and this is your new religion, I'd be like, okay, cool. Not for me, but if it works for you, fine. But. When, you know, when you have that religion system of being Catholic, I feel like it just puts you in a box. But when you're spiritual and you kind of I feel like you can draw from any belief system you want to and use it the way you want to and what resonates for you. I was always fascinated with Buddhism. So I read books on Buddhism. Um Am I Buddhist? No, but I respect it. And if I meet someone, I met an author who was a guest on my podcast and she is a Buddhist and she was, you know, telling me how she practices and I find it fascinating. And I don't think that, you know, the way that we were taught growing up is to, you know, that it's all about Jesus Christ. And that's the only way there are so many different ways, you know what I mean? And I, I, I just really, you know, when it comes to religion, it really, now it just really kind of makes me feel a way when, um, when I talk about my spirituality with other people who are just maybe not resonate and that's fine. Or when I find when I talk about like my intuitive gifts, my spiritual gifts, me developing my mediumship, um, you know, that's seen as evil or or what what spirits are you communicating with? You're communicating with the devil. You know what I mean? How do you know? (laughs) How do you know? How can you intelligently say that? So, yeah. I, when, you know, when the religion thing comes up, it kind of, it triggers me. <laughs> it triggers me. Well, you know, as I said, with, with my whole journey, um, I think, you know, I went through initiation during COVID. 
and one of the things that we had to do in, in initiation was we had these assignments we had to do. We had these journals we had to do. And we were supposed to spend a week um, on each topic. Like there were nine, what they call nine gateways. So uh, one of the gateways was sacred words. And it's about how you use your words. You know, are you speaking life into each, into people around you and that kind of thing? Are you speaking life to yourself? But it was also about how are you speaking about all of these different groups of people in your life? And, and so one of the journal exercises was you had to write love is define it. Men are, women are, children are, family is, home is, you know, so there was like maybe 20 words that you had to define, but you had to do it every day. So like you had to do it every seven days. So it was like, and it was very interesting what would come up when I would, you know, men are, Oh, it's very interesting the things that I just put down there, you know. And the, the beautiful thing was when you got to like a negative thing, like you were supposed to really say, okay, um, I'm supposed to be in a space of peace and love. I'm supposed to be in a space of, of bringing life, right? Women are the life givers. So if I'm thinking men are this negative thing or children or family or whatever, then how can I bring life to that? I really have to reframe that. I really have to. Now there is of course, positive and negative and everything, but some of the negative or feel or think is not true. It's just a stereotype or it's just a reaction to pain. So as I was going through that, let's say, for example, let's take women. One of the things I wrote down was women are catty. Okay, so that's something I need to explore. And there was something I did explore. And I had to say, women are not catty. Some women can be. Mm -hmm. But women in general are not. Women can be loving and supportive and, you know, very inspirational. And they can be a, a fellowshipping community. I have these sisters in my initiation group that we're supportive to each other. And I had to reframe that and I had to let that go. Okay, let me let that go. You know what I'm saying? And so it was a very insightful practice to be given that those words and have to define them seven times in a row and to see what actually came up, you know, when you're writing that. Yeah. You do it after you meditate, you know, so you're really kind of in tune with your inner self. So mm -hmm. I went through a lot of things. And then we had these meetings. We would have a three hour meeting on Sunday night. And everybody was talking about what came up during their journaling. And it was very healing because, you know, you're, you're really working through those assumptions. You're working through those things that you forgot that you believed, but you really did believe it deep down. And now it's, you're shining a light on it. And now you're saying, okay, come out into the light. Let me wash you off. Let me clean you up. Let me get rid of you. You know what I'm saying? And let me realize that this is not the way I, I, I want to think anymore. I don't want to think like that anymore. I don't want to feel like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was a very beautiful thing. And and I'm glad it was difficult. OK, <laughs> going through initiation was extremely difficult because there were so many things that you were asked to confront from your eating to how you spend your time to how you take care of your home. You know, one of the gateways was sacred space, everything. It's like, whew, okay, okay, okay. It's you know. initiation for what was I, it? Um, Queen of Fua has a book okay. called Sacred Women. 
or yeah. Um, and I have this book, but I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it. Well, if you go on Facebook, there's all kinds of groups that are reading through the book together. But there, um, in Houston, and probably in every city, there are groups that go through the book together. And when you're going through the gateways, you know each gateway is a chapter. But you have in that chapter, you have uh, meditations to do, you have prayers, you have, you know, you're supposed to change your eating while you're going through this. So you're supposed to be going from like a, a meat diet to basically an all raw diet by the end of the book, which I never got, not even close. But <laughs> I did eat a whole lot more vegetables and I did start to garden. So it did. I still garden now, which mm -hmm. I never, you would have never, I have an herb garden. I'm not a big, not a fancy, you know, I got three herbs. Okay. They're still alive. You know, <laughs> it's been a year and they're still alive. So, um, so I have an herb garden that mm -hmm. I have and I use the herbs to cook with. I have rosemary. I have a call it an aloe vera plant. I have some mint. Um, so yeah, I have some mint that I have a chocolate mint and a, and a, I think it was a, a different other kind of mint. I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. but anyway, so in this particular group, you're going through the gateways and you're doing the meditations, you're doing the journals, you're doing, you know, you're supposed to be doing the eating practices, Yes, um, all of that. And, and some of it, you know, in the book, you're supposed to be getting up at four in the morning, basically four to five in the morning to do your, your meditations every morning. I never got up in the morning. I did mine mostly at night. Uh, I mean, I did get up in the morning, just not at four in the morning, you know, but right. so you have to, well, for me, I had to adapt it to my life. Yeah. You had to switch it up to, to your lifestyle. Right. But, um, it was beautiful. I mean, it, it, it totally, I went natural, you know, um, during that year. And, and right now my hair is twisted. So it's like really, really, shrunk but actually my mm -hmm. hair is actually I, I cut it all off went natural I cut mm -hmm. it in three stages and if I were to you know straighten it it's actually longer now than it was before I went natural a year ago mm -hmm. so it's healthier and longer um, but anyway it was a beautiful thing so I have gone through a full process of addressing my assumptions in every aspect in, in terms of going through that initiation, it made me address my assumptions about everything, everything, mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. food, relationships, my home, my body, you know, sex, people, you know, religion, everything, you know, okay. it, there was not a topic that it doesn't talk, touch on when you go through that book or that process and going through that book is daunting by yourself. I will say that I tried it once before. I think I got through like the first couple of chapters. When I first bought it, I, I, I got in the car, I bought it from um, a metaphysical shop, actually not a bookstore. And um, I got in the car and I was like, Whoa, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I need the, I need like some time to go through this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We and took nine weeks down. I put it in my bookcase and I haven't, I haven't seen it since because it kind of threw me back that it was so comprehensive and so much. Yeah. Yeah. We took nine weeks to go through it and, mm -hmm. and it was 
nine of us going through the initiation. So there, they, if you go to uh, Facebook, like I said, if you go, if you type in Sacred Woman, uh, Queen of Fua, you're going to get a bunch of groups. I'm probably in like three or four different groups, even though I've been through the initiation, because it's, it's wonderful to just see people going through it and people giving encouragement and, you know, just it's, 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 it's almost like a sorority kind of thing. Now, right. once yeah. you get into it and you are, you had that experience, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely bonding to people who are going through it because it is, if you really seriously do it, it, it's life changing. It really is life changing. I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. So, so is there, I know I wanted you to tell people where they can find you. And is there anything else that you wanted to leave with the people before we sign off? Oh, yes. You can find me on my website, martinefelton.com. Very simple. My name.com. Um, over there, you can find both of my books are on sale on my website as well as, um, you know, coaching sessions, um, tarot readings that I do. If you wanted a tarot reading with me, you can book it there. Um, yeah. And I also have, I have, I sell some merchandise on my website as well. And I have a blog on there as well. Everything is on my website, martinefelton.com. Awesome. I am Zenashe and I have all kinds of inspirational merchandise on my website. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have motivational bands. They say things like believe, hope, dream, uh, courage, love. You know, so these are a dollar each. I have uh, these are like little smiley cards, They're like business cards, but they have motivational sayings on them. So you get a pack of 10 for five dollars. Oh, cool. I have these are affirmation bookmarks so they actually have like i am peace i can know i am strong um they're magnetic bookmarks so they actually slide on the page and they won't come off they're waterproof they open up they will actually stand on a table and i also have square ones that are like this so this is how it looks open so it slides oh, that's on the page. yeah so i have packs of 10 for i'm sorry packs of 12 for 10 dollars or the affirmational ones that have like the I am's, you know, five for five dollars. Um, and then I have my personal development package, which looks like this. So you get the workbook, you get a blank journal, you get a bookmark, a motivational band and stickers. And it actually has 16 different topics that you work through with journal prompts. You put a song, a movie, a book, an affirmation. It has a goal setting area where you put your vision board information. And in the journal, you're actually gonna, I'll show you kind of mine. You're gonna tab for each topic. So you can see how this one's kind of tabbed. The journal prompts. And then when you pick your people, you're gonna pick a person who's passed on and you can go to YouTube and write about that person so they can become your role model in that area. Someone who's a contemporary, you can write about that person. So like a blank one, for people who are on YouTube, this is kind of like what the workbook looks like, but the blank page, it looks like this. And this is kind of what a, this is what my filled in one looks like. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there are 16 different topics. Each topic goes with uh, a topic on my podcast. So like the first topic was abundance, which was episode one. Mm-hmm. And so you can explore that and it takes about four months to go through the whole package. And um, I do do workshops with it. So those are some of the 
inspirational merchandise I have on laughsandlyrics.com, L-A-U-G-H-Z-A-N-D lyrics.com. And I also have t-shirts and mugs and all kind of, you know, totes and everything else with inspirational sayings on laughsandlyricsmerch.com. And so those are my addition to the world to give the gift of lift and boost people up and make them feel, you know, more energized and motivated and positive because we need all that kind of positive energy. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So I wanted to thank you for joining us tonight to talk about addressing your assumptions. And um, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And so we're going to sign off tonight, guys. So may you walk in Zenergy and have a great night. Thank you. My name is Zen Ashe, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize your life with me. Thank you.